Welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valliere and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Financial Planet. As always, I'm your host, David Valliere. And uh, we are excited to have a guest on today with us today to talk about cybersecurity. Uh, Sarah Khan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, for listeners, I, I had the chance to listen to Sarah speak at a conference last month, uh, mainly focused on cybersecurity, really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I thought, we need to have Sarah on and, and just share with our listeners why this is a, a a hot topic right now and uh, something that we should all be paying attention to. Before we do that, though, Sarah, do you mind just telling us a little bit about, a little bit about you personally and professionally? Sure. So I was born and raised in Chicago. Uh, I am of Indian heritage, um, and I found myself naturally drawn to science, technology, engineering, and math fields. So I went to UIC to complete my bachelor's in electrical engineering and then uh, attended Northwestern University for a computer science-related master's degree. And then over the past 20 years, I've been focused in technology and security, specifically in financial services. And currently, I'm the chief information security officer for Hightower Advisors and the Hightower Trust Company. So I enjoy this field and you know, analyzing the threats and educating folks to be safe. It could be a very scary world. But personally, I enjoy traveling and have been to over 25 countries and um, hope I can continue visiting more uh, as the opportunity arises. And uh, it's interesting how much you can learn on these travels and just learning about the people and culture. And eventually all that knowledge does get used and help us understand the bigger picture. You know, something you just said there that was an eye opener for me when I, I listened to you speak last, but that this can kind of be scary, cyber fraud, cybersecurity can kind of be scary. Maybe talk to us a little, and first, and thank you for sharing that, by the way. Talk to us about what is cyber fraud, cybersecurity, this whole category, and why is it such a hot topic for discussion right now? Sure. Um, so cyber fraud is on the rise, and we're probably seeing a lot of media mentions on it, uh, especially around the Russia, Ukraine, and just folks being remote and because of the pandemic, folks having to work remotely, and it was just a great mine for, for hackers. So massive data breaches and an increase in the use of online services and digital devices have made it really easy for cyber criminals to execute successful attacks. And now they have more victims to target as well. And these technical threats grow more and more sophisticated. So there's a lot of cyber crime tools that are evolving with advanced technology. And today they use an array of tools and techniques to breach victims and basically monetize their access. So it's just on the rise and just given the environment and situation and where we are in the world today is just the the most targeted space and area. Yeah, and, and the way you position that, that makes a lot of sense. A lot more people are, since COVID, are either working from home or, you know, the virtual presence has really increased. And I'm... It, Towards the end of the conversation, maybe I'll let you tell us a couple of examples or stories. But before we go into that, talk to me about you, you mentioned there's different techniques that scammers are using to compromise security for financial accounts, computer systems, et cetera. Maybe give us a couple of examples. 
Sure. So um, there's quite a few, but what I'll do is focus on the ones that are probably most common and most probable of what a lot of our internet users will experience. So the major one, which people may have heard of, is called phishing. And that's basically a technique for attempting to acquire sensitive data, such as financial account information or login credentials through fraudulent solicitation and electronic communication. And that could happen through email, websites, social media. We're seeing them being sent through text. And in those attacks, the perpetrator acts as if they're a trusted or legitimate entity. And they're faking a website or they're faking their real company itself. And it prompts you to provide information through the website. And then they use that data later on for identity theft or trying to gain access to your accounts. Um, Or the other thing that they try to do is install malicious software unknowingly, which then can send information from your computer without your knowledge. The other one that we are seeing an increase of is called vishing, which is another term for fraudulent phone calls. Uh, And that's generally to just also get sensitive information. So, you know, they claim that they're a certain company and it's it's a valuable technique for them. They're trying to gather either voice information. Some of them pose to be tech support and they request remote access to your computer while others may say, you know, give us the two-factor authentication code that has been sent to your phone. And what they're doing is they may be on the line with an actual bank trying to sign in as you and trying to validate the credentials and the two-factor authentication by having you repeat it to them. So, you know, to the extent that improving security against these types of schemes involves using two-factor and we have to be vigilant when we're getting these phone calls and who they're actually coming from. And in those situations, it's just better to hang up and call the actual banking institution or call your financial advisor directly with the number that you have. And then um, the other one that I'd probably want to just focus on is called credential replay. And that's basically when what we're seeing with the volume of data breaches over the years, that there's thousands of billions of records that are being exposed. And what's happening is there's unsecured databases where they're just collecting or harvesting all these credentials. And what becomes critically important is that you're using different passwords for your accounts. The moment that your login and password is compromised, and if it's set to the same in different accounts, that's the number of accounts that could be exposed. So it's very important to just have different credentials for each one of your accounts. So that's basically like the three most targeted areas or techniques that I would say get used by our um, hackers. Okay. And and thanks for sharing that. I just am listening to you and thinking about situations. So I want to just kind of dive into this just for a hot second, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. I'm personally, we talk about phishing. You know, I've, I've had it more in the phone call realm that I've been aware of, right? So maybe it's it's happened on my computer as well, but I can reflect back to picking up a phone call and somebody telling me that, you know, this is the IRS and you owe us all this money and we're coming to your house with the police tomorrow if you don't pay it. And, you know, of course, my initial reaction was like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. Like, how do we fix this problem? And then I, I took a second back and and realized, oh, this is a scammer. And you know, let me get your information and I'll call you back. And sure enough, they hung up on me. Right. But I, I project that situation to somebody that's maybe, you know, 
at a compromised age or they're in a vulnerable position, these folks really do try and take advantage of you when you're when you're vulnerable. So I like what yeah, you said uh, there about calling back the institution. I right. would love it if you don't mind. You mentioned vishing, and, and when we were at the conference, you told a great story about that. You kind of touched on it here, but I would love it if you don't mind just kind of teasing out a story here on how somebody has actually taken place in vishing and, and been successful with it. What the yeah. Would be. So um, just to maybe give a couple examples, one of uh, one of our folks had mentioned how Microsoft had called the user and. Uh, mind you, Microsoft will never call anyone, but this person gets a call from Microsoft and the Microsoft, you know, the, so to speak, Microsoft agent claims that there's an issue with the licensing and requires to get onto the computer and needs remote access and asks them to visit a website and enter a code, which basically allows them to connect to the machine. And this person is, you know, going along with visiting the link. And at some moment, they do ask, I'm sorry, you know, where are you calling from? And there's doing some steps to validate that they are actually speaking to who they're speaking to. And once those questions were asked, the Microsoft, you know, so to speak, the Microsoft agent immediately hangs up. So in that situation, what, what that imposter was trying to do is claim that they're Microsoft because everybody generally uses Microsoft. And so that's a safe bet that this person would be flustered and would think that, that it is Microsoft calling. And then just saying that it's a license issue and that they're going to lose all their Word documents. So now there's this level of, you know, risk where this person is concerned that they're going to lose all of their Word documents and therefore they want to get this issue corrected as soon as possible. So an imposter will A, put some sort of time pressure or make you concerned that you're going to lose certain things. So you're moving at a quicker speed without really thinking it through. And then when they're asking you to visit a site or give them more information, they're, what they're trying to do is establish a connection to your device. And that's where, you know, once they're on the, your computer, they're able to extract information from your computer or just install certain things that could even like log keystrokes and things of that nature. So that's an example of, you know, um, somebody coming from a non-financial background claiming that it's something computer related. You don't immediately think that this person's trying to you know, gain access in different ways to cause financial loss because they're coming from like a, a, a scenario that they're claiming that it's a it's a technology company trying to resolve some technical issues. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. So let's, yeah. let me transition this. So let's talk that through. What what happens if a hacker now gains control of your accounts or your systems? Talk me through that. Yeah. So when 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 the hacker actually gains control of your system or your account, the most common fraudulent money movement scenario involves transfers made by phone or electronically. So usually what they're trying to do is do a fraudulent money movement. And typically in these situations, the, the individual with the email account that's been maybe compromised because they had compromised their machine, this person has access to their email. It gives fraudsters, fraudsters like access to personal information and personally identifiable information. And then they take additional steps to enhance the ruse and then this ends up usually establishing a fraudulent account victim's name and then in that approach they may actually try to either exchange money or open another account or add themselves as a authorized user to the account so 
it's it's important to ensure that once you feel you fell under one of those ruse to immediately contact and contact your banking institution and get your account information changed and updated immediately the other one is fraudulent trading we've seen you know assets traded on the stock exchange without their knowledge and generally if you're working with a financial advisor the the level of access is you know often with our advisor there's a few steps in order for that to happen so you know exchanges like that they're a little bit more safe when you're having your financial advisor do it but if you're seeing activity then that means you know someone may have compromised your account and just ensuring that there isn't any fraudulent trading going on so if you feel like again your account has been compromised it's important that you contact your financial advisor contact your institution and get your information changed and then lastly, there's usually ransomware. And, uh, you know, we hear this term quite a bit in the news, but ransomware is basically a, a type of malicious software that tries to gain um, leverage over the victim. And rather than just simply cr like stealing the credentials, they use it to extract payment. So what they may do is lock your computer out and state you must pay a certain amount in order for us to unlock and for us to allow you to use your devices again. And sometimes it may be locking the device out, encrypting your data. The victim basically can't access certain information and that might be pertinent information on their computer that they've saved and they need access to those files. So you're essentially locked out, you're blackmailed for a certain payment. And then once they receive the payment, they'll go ahead and unfreeze and unlock your information data and account. And so that's that's basically ransomware. And that's a pretty common one that we've been hearing about in the news and the media and seeing at certain businesses. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting here shaking my head. You obviously can't see it because we're <laughs> on a podcast, but right. I'm just shaking my head. Some of these folks are, are so clever. I just wonder if, if they put their brains to work in the right direction, how much better yeah. off they would be. Um, and I do want to note for listeners, you know, our our team is vigilant about calling you and reaching out. I give you an example. I had a client this morning call me and say, hey, we're looking to buy a house. And can you, you know, here's what we're thinking. And, and I said, well, that's great. We're all set. When that happens, we will be reaching out to you, even if you send it in via email, because we want to validate that, you know, there's a lot going on in the cyber cybersecurity world, and we just want to hear your voice and validate it. Sometimes I think my my operations team wants everybody to know, like, we're not trying to harass you. We're just trying to protect you. So for listeners, just a heads up there. Yeah. And uh, what you're describing, um, you know, just the financial advisors we do work with, it has saved millions of dollars. Um, we recently actually had a situation where someone was trying to purchase a home and there was a titling agency imposter. Mm. Basically, they knew the activity that was going on changed the name to add an extra letter to the titling agency so the email domain looked very similar to the actual titling agency and requested four million dollars to be transferred over and had the financial advisor not done the callback to validate the wiring instructions and the actual amount that could have been a transaction that actually occurred and there was you know financial loss and then basically trying to go through the route of reclaiming that money which can you know either it could take days, you know, there's an entire investigation, but, you know, these callbacks really do help save quite a bit of time and money. Yeah, 
It's uh, it's again, I'm sitting here shaking my head, but let's talk about, you know, maybe some strategies or some tips, if you will, advice that you might be able to share on how we can protect ourselves. Sure. Um, you know, so generally a lot of these issues come from passwords and people be taking over accounts. So it is critical. It is vital that we protect all passwords. Avoid storing your passwords in email folders or, you know, Word documents or Excel sheets or, you know, any kind of unencrypted file on your computer. Use a password manager instead. Um, some common ones are Dashlane or LastPass, and they generally help generate a complicated password, but also to manage and keep it all in one location. So one could find this like cumbersome, but what essentially happens is when you're trying to log in, that password manager will do the login for you. So you don't actually have to manage all these passwords or remember or memorize any of them. It really facilitates that login process for you. And then just use a personalized custom identifier for your financial account accounts when you're trying to access online. And then uh, don't ever, ever, ever use your social security number in, in any part of your login activity because that's you know very sensitive data that can be used to open up other cards, other accounts, etc. And then um, get into the practice of just regularly resetting your passwords and even your email accounts. And don't use common passwords. Use uh, you know use your password manager to help generate those types of uh, passwords for you and manage them. And then wherever ever possible, use multi-factor. It, it basically curbs about 80% of false logins that are occurring. So multi-factor is where they're using another method to validate your login. So when I put in my username and password, there's either a code that's sent to my phone that is the dual factor, that there is another step of validation that's being taken. Most accounts um, nowadays have multi-factor authentication because of its success rate. So leverage those wherever possible. Another tip would be manage your devices, make sure you're installing the most up-to-date antivirus. If the program has a new software release or an update or patch, make sure you're patching those. Those patches essentially help take any of the latest security trends or issues that we're seeing. And the actual manufacturer or the software provider is incorporating those security trends and issues and making patches for them and releasing them through that patch set. So it's critical that you have them updated and, you know, up to date so that you can ensure that the latest security issues are being managed through those patches. And then, you know, if you have children, make sure you set up a separate computer uh, that they can use for gaming. Uh, gaming and other online activities generally is another vector for a lot of these viruses and malware. So just having that separated out can really help making sure that your computer is safe, keep your operating system and your softwares up to date, and uh, you know, d don't install any pirated software, don't install software that you don't know. The other one I would say is also, you know, surf the web safely, exercise caution when connecting to the internet, specifically where there's, you know, unknown wireless networks or just public locations, try to refrain from using those. Your hotspots are generally safer. These networks could lack virus protection and they're highly susceptible to attacks. So you should never really use access to confidential or personal data if you don't know which internet you're connected to, which wireless signal you're connected to. A few more tips are, you know, social media has been used very 
commonly for sharing a lot of personal information. Um, so social engineering is just getting more and more sophisticated. So limit the amount of personal information that you post on social networking sites. Uh, don't ever post, obviously, your social security numbers, especially even your last four digits. Consider keeping your birthday, your home address, phone number, all of that confidential. We discourage anyone from posting announcements like about kids' birthdays because that's a birth date information or you know, even losses of loved ones or anything like that. Sharing too much information can cause you to be susceptible to fraudsters and allow them to pass like a variety of tests related to authentication for, for your personal information. And um, lastly, protect your email accounts, delete any emails that include detailed financial information uh, beyond the time that it's needed. Don't use it as a storage repository store those things in a safe place where, you know, it's, it might be encrypted and protected. Um, and just, you know, review unsolicited emails carefully, never click on the links on unsolicited emails or pop-up ads, and just establish separate email accounts for, you know, personal correspondence and financial transactions. So it's just a clean way of keeping those two separate. So I would, I would probably say those are some commonly used advice or tips to make sure making sure that you have a uh, a safe engagement with the internet well sarah i, I there's a lot covered here and, and i really appreciate you taking some time with us likewise i i wherever the opportunity is to educate folks about cybersecurity, you know i very much enjoy it it's something that we all need to be vigilant about it's just uh it's becoming a scary internet world yeah, it really is. And and actually, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of putting myself in the place of the listener and thinking, well, there's a lot there. I might invite you back to dive into some of these a little bit deeper and have you back here in, in the next, you know, before the year is out. We'd, we'd love to do that. Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Okay, great. Thanks. And for listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you have questions about any of the topics we've covered today, we're happy to filter those for you. You can reach out to us at our website, SynergyCapitalSolutions.com, uh, or you can uh, message us directly at hello at SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. And as, as always, we're, we're building um, our listenership, so we, we appreciate it if you subscribe and share. Uh, once again, I'm your host, David Valier, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet, the Synergize Your Capital podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. 
Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.